All right, it's my privilege and my pleasure to introduce today's uh, speaker. Uh, he's a good friend of our church. He's been around Temple for a long time. Um, he's up in Columbus, Ohio right now at Fellowship Baptist Church, but Dave Luizzo is here. Um, he's here visiting some family, and we knew he was here, so we said, well, why don't you come out and preach for us today? So um, funny story is, is back when I first surrendered to the ministry way back, and I don't know when it was, maybe 1999, somewhere in there, he was actually over the youth, and I got to work with him way back in the day. So it's kind of cool to see him today. Uh, but why don't we give a round of applause for Dave Luizzo uh, from Fellowship Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, y'all can have a seat. How we doing? We live in some serious, crazy times, don't we? Am I the only one who thinks that? Everybody got real quiet real quick. Listen, I want you to take your Bible out if you would, and we're going to talk about some of that today in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And uh, I want to, I just, you know, I need the encouragement. I know you probably are feeling at times, not all the time, discouraged somewhat, and it's easy to get to that place. But uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, gives a lot of direction for us. Uh, I've known, separate note here, I've known Pastor for a very long time, Malcolm Carter, <clears throat> years and years. I remember when he first came to our church, we'd wear those little buttons that said, our goal is 25. Do you, rem- do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we started the church in the Coleman Civic Center. That's how long it's been. Yeah, going there, as, and I was in high school when it first started. I was going to Cornerstone Christian School, heard the uh, founding pastor preach while I was at Cornerstone, and then from there, I thought, man, I, I would love one day to be able to attend that church. And my mom uh, at, and my, my dad, they decided that it was time to transition, uh, and, and, and that was the church that we were transitioning to. So it was really exciting for me to be able to go to the Civic Center and hear uh, the founding pastor, Dalton Robertson, at that time. And then from there, we saw so many transitions and what God's doing. And now here, this church and so many other... How, how many campus churches is there? It's amazing what God has done over the years. Uh, let, let's look Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And uh, how many had your coffee this morning? Would you raise your hand? None? I'm... I didn't get mine either. I get a Starbucks double shot every day. And I said to Siri, I said, where's the nearest Starbucks? She said, 20 minutes. Or 20, what was it, babe, 22 minutes or something like that? I'm like, nah, not this morning. I don't think we're going to do that. But maybe it was sending me out to Gunnersville or something. I'm not sure. But I, I don't have my, my coffee this morning. And it always seems to help when you have your coffee, if you know what I mean. Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. <clears throat> verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true... Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, I, I have found in these times, especially in Columbus, Ohio, we've had some crazy things happening up there in, that, in our city. I have found myself getting to the point of what we would call worry. Have you ever been worried or anxious? You ever been, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you just can't get your mind off of that certain thing? The word worry means to give way to anxiety or unease. 
It, it simply is allowing one's mind to dwell on difficulties or troubles. And, and life is filled with worries and anxiety. Life, it seems to, when you least expect it, when things are going really good, you're on the mountaintop, something that pops up would be worry. It just comes out of nowhere. Anxiety disorder are one of the most common mental illnesses in the United States of America, with around 40 million adults suffering from it, 18 and older. It's a serious problem. And I, and I believe there's truly uh, a medical issue with some people when it comes to anxiety. And I'm not speaking to those people necessarily this morning. I'm not suggesting if you're on some kind of medication, you're seeing a doctor, to stop doing that. That's not my point. God knows that we need our doctors and we need our medical professionals to help us in situations. But when it comes to worry, that's a whole different category. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. I want you to take a mental break this morning, would you? I want you to step back and forget about your finances. Forget about what's going on necessarily with your, with, with your uh, in-laws or whatever you've been dealing with or frustrated with. And just focus on this portion of scripture here with me. Today, we live in a world that is constantly battling worry and anxiety. And, and, and it seems like everybody has an opinion on it. Everybody has an opinion on what's going on. Everybody thinks they got it figured out, you know, and how to handle it. And it doesn't seem to be very good advice when they do give it. I was at uh, a yogurt place with my family <clears throat> in Coleman, um, excuse me, in uh, Columbus. Um, and, and I remember this guy came out, and in the beginning it was a good conversation. We were actually enjoying our conversation. And then he got into politics. You know when it gets into politics, you get a little nervous. And then we got into wearing a mask and not wearing a mask. And then it just went completely left field. And then this guy walks over that was listening. We were standing just outside of the yogurt place. And he walks over and he starts giving his two cents. And about his frustrations and his worries. And then... And then it just went real south. I'm just talking about, I didn't even know what he was talking about. I was so frustrated by the end of it. I was more worried and anxious than I was when I first began this positive conversation. He was actually saying that he thought they were, you heard in the news, you hear a lot of things in the news. He said, they actually found a planet, he said, that can sustain life. And he said, they're preparing us to move us to that planet. And he said, now I'm going to tell you, I don't know if it's the Chinese or, or if it's the Democrats or what's going on, but somebody's behind this coronavirus. And he had all these ideas. And all I could think about is, I want my vanilla yogurt. And that's all I came here for. I have walked away from situations with so much anxiety and frustration. I do worry. I don't know about you. I do get frustrated. I do deal with them, them, some of those things that we would define as anxiety. Where we live, we get the craziest things that happen. I just, uh, what was it, what, two weeks ago, Ben? Two weeks ago, my wife is in the front yard. She's with our dog, dog playing on the side of our house. Y'all ready for this? Listen to this. This is crazy. Side of our house, this guy comes running around. Big dude. He's like, don't mind me, ma'am. I'm just, I'm just running from the lady who's trying to kill me with her car. And about that time, around the corner, I, his wife, I guess. I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend's driving a car out of our backyard. Around the corner, 
And she said, I'm going to run you over. I'm killing you today. And they're zigzagging through the front yard. He's barely making it. She goes on the street. He goes in the neighbor's yard. They drive through that yard. Crazy. And you want to know why I'm a little bit worried? You ever wonder why people get anxious? It's because we live in crazy times. I worry about everything. I'm worried right now, is my head too shiny? Y'all with hair don't have to worry about those things. I worry, I worry if my kids are going to turn out right. You worry about that too. I'm worried, I'm worried about the economy. Some of you, whether you admit it or not, you're worried about who's going to be in office. And then we got the super religious people go, I don't worry about nothing. Just trust in Jesus. (laughs) Are you really trusting Jesus? I know because we're human beings, we're going to deal with this. But if we allow anxiety or worry to rule our lives, then we have made a conscious decision to be controlled by fear, fearful thoughts. Jesus made reference to this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He said, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and man. Look at verse 25. It says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for yourself what you shall eat, or which you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat and the body than the raiment? Verse 26 is so encouraging. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much more better? Are you not much better than what? They. You and me have a heavenly father that loves and cares for us in a way that is so beyond the very birds of the sky. The grass and everything around us is taken care of, from, uh, taken care of by God. And the fact of the matter is, when you think about those things, you got to step back and go, have you ever seen a bird stressed about winter and, and gathering all his supplies into a barn? That's never happened. Have you ever thought about the, the squirrels or the rabbits, none of them are stressed and worried. There's no anxiety taking place in their life. It's funny that a bird has it figured out, but we don't seem to have it figured out. Look at me with me at the original passage of Scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be anxious about anything. Stop worrying. Can you say that with me? Stop worrying. Everything in life has to be centered on Jesus Christ. Do you realize this is not an option, but rather a commandment in Scripture? This isn't something God says, if you're okay with it. No. He said this is unacceptable. He commands us not to worry. And you may say this morning, are you not a little bit worried about some things that are going on in our cities, in our government? Are you not a little bit frustrated? What's going on? I mean, it's all coming to a close. It's the end of the world as we know it. But the reality is, is God is in control. And when we can refocus our mind, everything changes. Let me clarify for you. If you do not wage war on worry, then your worries will overcome you in victory. If you're allowing worry to control your life, as that passage of scripture said in Matthew 6, verse 24, then you are allowing that to become your master. You can't serve two masters. It's either God or self and when you center on self everything starts to fall apart 
I want to talk to you about waging war on worry. I want you to help your kids and your grandkids wage war on worry. It's time for us to overcome this worry that creeps into our homes and our families through the TV and through the internet. It's time to wage war against what Satan has tried to set up against our families. So let's pause for a minute and pray, okay? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we, ta- we just ask, Lord, that you take the lead this morning and do a work in our lives. Make it clear, Lord, what you would have us to do. Lord, speak to our hearts now. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the opportunity to come together in the midst of such critical times. We pray, pray Lord, that you'll do your work in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Let's read it again. Be careful for nothing. The word careful means anxious, worried. Be anxious for nothing. Be worried for nothing. But in everything, by the, end, by the end of this message, you'll have this verse memorized. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. In order to wage war on worry, there's some steps we need to take this morning. I'm going to make this as simple as possible, okay? Because I'm a very simplistic person. Step one, identify your worries. The verse says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything, everything. You cannot fight a war against something if you do not know what you're warring against. If there's not clarity of what you're warring against. Uh, what are the reasons you worry? What, what are the things that keep you up at night? What are the things that captivate your mind and, and overcome your, 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 your thoughts throughout the day? Worry comes when you have no truth to the source of your fear. In other words, you're assuming without knowing. You've been there? You just make assumptions without knowing? It, it's, it's the what if factor. It's, it's when you are wringing your fingers and your hands are sweating and you're trying to figure out what if this happens. It's, a, it's assuming without fact. I, I want to make sure you understand that there's a big difference between concern and fear or worry. Concern is just simply calculating and considering uh, the, the dangers that could be. It, it's understanding when it comes to your family there's some serious concerns when they grow up, whether they follow Jesus Christ or not. And that's why you train up a child in when they sh- the way they should go. But worry is distinctly different. Uh, God's word reveals the provision of your heavenly father. And that's why God, uh, Paul wrote that everything we do, everything we do needs to be focused on Jesus Christ. Every area of our life has to be the concern of Christ, And if we're not bringing it before him, then it is not going to be relevant in your Christian walk with the closeness you get to Jesus Christ. I want you to stop for a minute. I want you to focus real quick, okay? I see different faces and everybody's thoughts are going in different directions. You have to stop and ask yourself, have you been sifting everything through prayer and truth? Every area of your life, can you identify what triggers your worries in your life? Can you Literally stop and say, this area that's dominated my family, dominated my wife, and, and, and it's controlled my thoughts. Have I sifted it through God's truth? Have I sought God in prayer? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean on unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. 
That means everything, everything we do in life has to be sifted through truth, God's word, and in prayer. And by doing so, you can identify what is relevant, what is truth, and what is not. Are you all with me? So with that in mind, I want to I wanna take you to the next thing, step two. Step one, identify your worries. Step two, develop a lifestyle of prayer. Ephesians chapter four and verse six. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, again, that's identifying every area of worry, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Prayer and supplication, these two aspects of prayer are, are similar, but distinct. Uh, prayer is a, a broad word that just can simply mean communicating with God. But supplication is directly going to God with a request. Prayer is that constant availability that we can have with God. It's going directly to the throne of God. Do you remember those times? I don't know if anybody's in here that still uses a home line. Um, Anybody like that? You remember back in the day when you used to make a phone call and you're in your house and you had the cell phone? Kids don't remember that. They don't remember those big boxes we carried and we thought we were cool and we had, when I was in high school and I had a pager. That's, those days are over. And I would make a phone call to the house and I'd hear that busy signal. It drove me crazy. And I'd call again and there was the busy signal, but something was really worrying me and frustrating me and I needed to talk to my mom or my dad but I knew somebody was on the other line and they were consuming the phone and, and I couldn't get through. You ever been there? And that person was usually my brother Tony who's the lead pastor of the church I'm at now. And he would be with some girl on the phone and they'd be talking things over because he's trying to, you know, make it a, a point to, that he was worth going out with. But it never go well for him but it just consumed all that time. And all I would get in return is a busy signal. You ever had a collect call come in? You remember those? I used to preach at the jail when I lived here in Alabama, and they, they don't have rules like we do in Columbus. It's just weird that I could go into a prison at age 16. I looked older anyway. I was losing my hair when I was young. So I'd go in there, and I'd preach, and, and, and I, as a young preacher, I'd just give everybody my phone number. You get out of here. Give me a call. We'll get some coffee, you know? So I'd give them my phone number. Give them my phone number. Well, they would call me. While they were still in jail, and so I get collect calls. And my mom would say, I know you love people, and I know you want to see people come know Jesus Christ, but this ain't going to happen anymore. Collect calls cost. The point is this when it comes to God Almighty, there is no collect calls, there's no call waiting. We have direct access to the Heavenly Father. It is so easy to get consumed with the idea that we don't need to approach God. Our phone provides us with limitless access and communication nowadays because we have smartphones. But few of us learn that our prayers bring us into direct communication, limitless communication with God, our creator. Billy Graham said it this way, a man is more powerful on his knees than behind the most powerful weapon the United States has ever created. I'm afraid that many people have not had the ability to get over their anxiety and their worries because those people have not made it a point to have prayer in their life. They've never developed a lifestyle of prayer. One of the things I miss about my dad drastically is being able to pick up the phone. My dad died a couple of years ago. Is to be able to pick up the phone and just talk about a bunch of nothing. 
You know what I'm saying? How many have lost your mom or your dad? You know what I'm talking about. I've had those moments where I call my dad and I say, something's wrong with the van. I don't know what it is. I think my transmission's going out. Dad, it's doing this and this. And dad will say, just calm down. Tell me what's going on. So I'd tell him what's going on and I'm frustrated. He said, Dave, that's not your transmission at all. And then he'd begin to explain what it was. And I'd get off the phone with peace. And I was so comforted because my dad knew exactly what I needed. And he knew how to explain it to me to calm me down. He eliminated the worry in my life. See, we have a heavenly father is the same. You may find yourself at ease after you have talked or vented with a friend. You've been there. And, and, and you walked away feeling pretty good, almost satisfied. But the bottom line is, you're not necessarily walking away with peace. You just vented. You just got some things off your chest. Very few times will you walk away with the peace that God can provide. Because very few times people are willing to say, stop and just talk to your Heavenly Father. Because when you start talking to the Heavenly Father, you can develop this lifestyle of prayer and that worry and anxiety you have in your life, now that you identified it, now you can center on it and talk to your God in heaven about it and everything will begin to change. Let me remind you that the lifestyle of prayer is not an event. Paul puts it this way. He says in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. How many know that verse well? Pray without ceasing. Prayer for a Christian should be as natural as breathing. It should just come natural. If, if I were to say to you, uh, breathe without ceasing, you could understand what that means because if you cease to breathe, you cease to live. But the same goes when it, when it, with prayer. When you get to the point that you, do, you never cease praying, it becomes natural. It, it becomes a normal part of your life. It changes the way you look at life. Do you realize that God, your Heavenly Father, is concerned about your concerns? We don't stop and think about that. You say, well, he's not concerned about if I lose my keys. He's not concerned about if, if I'm struggling with the idea that I might have cancer and I'm waiting on tests. From the smallest to the biggest, he's concerned. Every area of your life, he's concerned about. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him... For he careth for you. The problem is too many people are carrying their problems around with them. Their worries and anxiety. They carry it into the door when they come home from work. They carry it to the church. They carry it to the school when they're dropping off the kids. They even give the kids a little bit of it when they're getting out of the car to go to school. And we are infiltrated with this idea. And then you get on Pinterest and you calm your mind down. But then you flip over to Facebook and you see everybody's comments and the debate and the division. And then the anxiety builds back up and there's just... uh, You can't breathe because it's building and building and building. No matter where you are in life, whether it be good or bad, the Bible says, let your request be made known unto God. And when you do that, the blessings of God become more evident, which brings me to the third point. All right, here's the next step. Step three, waging the war on worry. Step three, cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. Y'all are so quiet. I don't think I've ever been in an experience of preaching where it's this quiet. I hope you're focused. Maybe that's why you're so quiet. Step three, I want you to cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. How do we have thanksgiving in the midst of all of this? 
Philippians 4, 6. Like I said, you're going to have it memorized by the time we're done. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. There's the word, thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Thanksgiving is a key component to prayer. It's a necessity. Thanksgiving comes up 71 times in the New Testament, and there's a reason for that. The definition is to show one's gratefulness, thankfulness, and giving thanks in a way that we not normally would when we're with our spouse or our children. But giving thanks to God is distinctly different. We really can overcome anxiety and fear and worry. But in order to get to this place in your life, you must cultivate this spirit of thanksgiving. The Bible says in Psalms 92 verse 1, it is a good thing to give thanks unto God. It's a good thing to give thanks. And what, what is the reason for that? Because the gratitude we bring from God, to God when we pray eliminates the whining and complaining. Do you follow me? Too often we whine and complain and vent to God about things that we know he's in control of all things, but we never focus on the blessings that God has given us. We bypass that. In order to wage war on worry, you have to include this spirit of thanksgiving. It's proven scientifically that the more you give thanks, you'll have a positive emotion in life. Your emotions change. Your life changes. Do you realize when thanksgiving gets in your life, it changes everything about you? God designed us to be happy, not to worry. God designed us not to have anxiety. It it, it is a proven fact that even your facial expressions change. I'm never going to grow my hair back. It's not going to happen. This is it. And I'm loving it. I don't have to comb my hair or wash it. So if I cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving, it's not that the physical aspect is going to be like through my hair and so forth, but my facial expressions, my kids say that I have angry eyes, angry eyebrows when I get frustrated about things. But the more I cultivate the spirit of thanksgiving, all of this begins to change. You ever had somebody say, are you okay? Are you tired? Are you just worried? And you're thinking, I'm fine. You don't look fine. Because you got a thousand things on your mind. Remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, we're told to pray without ceasing. But if you continue to read, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. This is God's will. Step four, I want you to have the right mindset. Look at the next verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, I like how he concludes it. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what do you do? Think on these things. Paul makes it clear, in order to have victory over worry, you have to have the right mindset. And the only way you can have the right mindset is you got to have what Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. you got to start thinking like Christ. You have to change the way you think about life. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being controlled by the media and social media. Yeah, it's not just the news reporters. I am tired of being controlled by negativity and doom and frustration. Do you realize... If you get enough of that crammed in your brain, that's who you'll become. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 23 and verse 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So 
the more you allow that stuff in your life, the more you'll develop that characteristic of being negative and you'll become that type of person. You get around negative people, you usually become a negative person. It just naturally happens. In order to overcome that, things have to be renewed. The Bible refers to renewing the mind. Renew means to make like new, restore, refresh. Aren't you ready for a refreshed mind? It can happen. It can be changed in your life. And when it does, the peace of God enters in in a way that you never experienced because it's perfect peace. You can have peace, but when you get that perfect peace, everything changes. Which I want you to think about this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Sandwiched between 6 and 8, Paul said this, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The victory over worry only comes when you have peace. You know, you have been restored, and you're ready to go, and the worry is no longer there when the peace is there. The perfect peace of God. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute, would you please? John chapter 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I don't know if anybody in here feels like they have a lot of cheer. But if you are a born-again believer of Jesus Christ, you've got Christ in your life, then you can be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. And he wants you to have victory over your worry. I want to pray with you. I want to make this simple. And as we go into this invitational time, I want you to think on this thought. Where are you with your worry? Can you distinguish what the worry is? Can you identify your worries in your life? Can you pinpoint them? What's worrying your children? What's worrying your husband? What's worrying your wife? And when you can see what that is, you have to step into this realm of prayer and develop a lifestyle of prayer. And when you're able to develop that lifestyle of prayer and that communication with your Heavenly Father, then you'll find very quickly how easy it is to cultivate a spirit of thanksgiving. It just goes hand in hand. You'll find yourself walking in the hallway of your house praising God instead of being stressed about everything that's going on in the media today. That will slowly fade. As it begins to play, I'm going to challenge you right in your seat, right right where you're at. I'm not going to ask you to come. I'm just going to ask you to make it a point to have the right mindset. That's step four. Say, I understand what the worry is. I get it. I haven't been great about my prayer life. I haven't even taught my kids how to be good with their prayer life. I'm not being an example. And I want to change some things because I want to be thankful and grateful. I want to I want to have the right mindset. I want to think on those things in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, where it said, whatsoever things are honest and just and pure. Some of you haven't had pure thoughts in a long time. And I'm not talking about lust, I'm not talking about lustful thoughts. I'm talking about anger and bitterness. It's time to leave it alone. Walk away from it. Give it up. I I know it's not easy to do that, but if you can do that, you can win the war on worry. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we commit this time to you. Lord, we can't do it alone. We're asking in the name of Jesus Christ that you give us victory over worry. Give us victory over anxiety. 
Help us to know exactly what we're dealing with. Pinpoint it. And when we do, help us to always remember to go to you, not everybody else, because that's what I tend to do. And God, I ask you to forgive me of that. Help me to go to you, my Heavenly Father, and pray. Seek your face. and Help me never to forget all the goodness you've given me. Lord, you're so good to us. You're so good to us. Help us never forget your blessings. And with that, Lord, help us to walk away with a renewed mind like your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to have the right mindset. We commit this to you in the name of Jesus Christ. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if that was you just now that prayed, if you were in your seat and you would pray just now and said, God, I'm leaving this behind. Would you raise your hand? You say, I've got worry, I've got anxiety, I'm leaving it behind this morning. There's one, two, three, four, five, good. Man, it's first step to actually living life as a Christian. Aren't you excited? The joy of the Lord is my strength. You haven't had that in a while. Maybe you should experience that. God wants that. God wants that. You may look this way. I'm going to have Dustin come. I appreciate you listening. I'm going to tell you this morning, it's so often we come to church and we shut down and we can't focus and listen because we do carry so much, so much baggage in our lives. We carry it into the church. I have made a decision about three months ago. I'm done. Y'all with me? I'm done with it. I'm done letting the media control my mind. I'm done letting Satan pull my strings. I'm done with it. Because I cannot live a victorious Christian life. And neither can my kids. I have two kids and I love them so much. My son can't be focused. God called him to preach. He's 15 years old. He's pumped about going to Bible college. What kind of example am I being if I can't focus on anything except the coronavirus? You know what I'm saying? Y'all with me? And we need to be concerned. We need to be cautious. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. But here's the fact of the matter. If you're so consumed with it, you forgot who your Heavenly Father is, and you've been enslaved to a new master. And it's not going to work. Y'all with me? It's not going to work. Well, I appreciate it. And I want you to do this. I want you to focus today as you go home, kids, and ask God, Lord, how can we start developing that in my life? Dustin? Dustin?